Welcome to the Center for Family Business podcast. The Center for Family Business is a community organization supporting, educating, and energizing family business in Waterloo Region, Ontario, Canada. Today, I have co-host Graham Taylor and myself, Lance Nielsen. Okay, so uh, today we are joined by Jesse and Stu Gibson of Gibson Sound and Vision. Uh, how about you two uh, t- uh, tell us about yourselves and tell us about the business? All right, mom and dad started the business in 1955, the day, the year I was born. Actually, I'm old, and uh, dad was doing this all these repairs on TVs, and they wanted to open up a store. Mom and dad opened a store on King Street back in 1970. I came along. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when, sometime in the 70s. I was thinking about that. I don't know. I don't keep track of that kind of stuff. I'm terrible. But I pushed uh, mom and dad when my brother was working for them, my older brother. Uh, I pushed mom and dad that we got to move and get a bigger store and do more and more and more. We uh, moved to Waterloo. We uh, grew really, really quickly. Um, and the cool part was, was that the suppliers came along and said, hey, Sony came along and said, we want to make part of Gibson's a Sony store. We said, okay. Uh, back in the day, it was Hitachi. Hitachi wanted to do the same thing. Panasonic wanted to do the same thing. And Samsung wanted to do the th- same thing. So we've got these really cool displays in our store from our suppliers. And uh, I think we have one of the nicest displays in southwestern Ontario for home electronics. We changed though, just from retail and we got more into home automation. We got into a lot of not only home automation, but offices, boardrooms, restaurants. And we do really, really cool uh, lighting, sound, TVs. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. Yeah. Jesse? And you forgot to explain yourself again, dad. What about you? (laughs) Nobody cares about me. So you're not going to tell them about yourself? <laughs> what do I, what do I say? I'm old. Uh, you you're know, old, like to golf, you're semi-retired, like. Oh yeah. So today, yeah. You know what? Um, our family went through a lot of, uh, a lot of problems over the years and our business, uh, success, sorry, I should say our business was successful, but our family wasn't, uh, I was the, uh, the pain in the butt. And uh, I held the business over family and it blew up our family. But anyway, you know what? Business is good and we're a family business. Now my daughter's with us and I'm, I'm happy about that. Jesse, how about so, you give your perspective? On my daughter? <laughs> <laughs> I can explain what my dad likes. So if you want to know about him, he's uh, like I can tell you his personality type and things he likes and that sort of stuff since he didn't want to explain that. Um, He's he's not good that way. So he'll explain his biz, uh, our business, but not himself. Um, I my dad did a complete accurate rep- displaying of what Gibson Sound and Vision is. Um, we've changed a lot over the years, obviously, from when my grandparents started it to when my dad's uh, was running it to the way things are changing right now. A lot has changed in where our business is going. Um, so I think not to continue to speak on that since it's already been spoken about. I'm Jesse. I'm third generation. I've been working for my family or my dad, I would say, for the last almost 10 years. Um, things, 10 years in October. Um, <laughs> things about me is 
We're completely opposite. Uh, I'm a fe- I'm a female in a male predominant industry. I'm third generation coming into a family business, so those are its struggles in itself. Those two things. Um, I'm more empathetic and compassionate, and have that sort of demeanor to me versus the way my dad is. Um, I'm covered in tattoos and that sort of stuff as well. So I'm a lot different than what you would expect in our sort of industry. But I also think that's good and refreshing as things progressively change over the years. Well, that's excellent. And yes, I would agree with that. Being an electronics business that started in 1955, what have been some of the most notable changes that you've seen in the business with the rapid advancement of technology? And I'll just make a little side comment on that. Uh, I was born in the 60s, and my dad worked at a company that was here in Waterloo Region called Electrohome, which built television sets and stereos. And that was also a family business. And uh, as a kid, I got to see the origins of the remote control and other sorts of devices. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of cool stuff coming out at that time, which uh, now is really retro. Stu, what's your take on that? Well, you know, it's funny that you say that, Lance, because my dad started at Electra Home in Electronics. And uh, he was in uh, 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 life test and reliability at Electra Home. And that's when he started fixing televisions part-time at home. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of cool that your dad was there too. Um, but you know what? The, I mean, when I first started selling televisions, it was what kind of cabinet would you like a mediterranean a colonial <laughs> i totally remember those yeah and what color of wood would you like and the but the biggest change happened when flat panels came out i remember i i said to my mom and dad we've got to get a flat panel in here and we hung it on the wall and my parents went oh my word that's twelve thousand dollars for a 42 inch and I said, yeah, but it's really cool. <laughs> and uh, uh, so anyway, when it dropped down, it went down to $10,000 within about a week. And then it went dropped down to $8,000 is when I, when I sold the first flat panel. That was kind of cool. A Panasonic 42-inch for $8,000. But when the panel industry started, it was like the Wild West days. Everybody was out trying to make a few bucks on selling people flat panel televisions. My father used to give me crap all the time because we're throwing out all these great big old heavy tv sets and he said that's not right and i said i agree it's not right but that's people don't want those anymore and uh but the flat panel industry went through a major change and that was when the good suppliers and i say first tier suppliers sony uh samsung panasonic and all, when they were making flat panels they made quality stuff Today, you can buy a ton of crap out there. You can go to big box stores. You can go to department stores. You can go to the grocery store and buy a flat panel. And people say, it's a flat panel. But I say, it's a piece of crap. But, they, you know, a lot of people really don't care. But that's why at Gibson's, we want to sell the good stuff. So to add to that, I haven't been in the electronics industry since 1955. (laughs) But in my last 10 years... I think the biggest change that I see, obviously, is um, the continuation of cheap Chinese stuff entering in the market and explaining value to uh, people versus price points for what you get and the value at certain price points and why you're getting that sort of cheap TV for $2.99 or $1.99 at Canadian Tire versus the quality products that we have. Um, and just explaining that to our clients and explaining that we service everything we sell and we have integrity behind what it is that you purchase from us 
Um, that's that's pretty much where I see a huge gap, almost generational gap from my age to my father's age, because we have a lot of older tenured customers at Gibson's. But as the newer generation comes in, trying to get that group through our door has been a little bit different or challenging for us uh, over the last couple of years. Well, that's uh, very interesting hearing your perspective on it, Jesse. So we've heard that you guys have been together 10 years. Can you each give us just one funny story about working with each other or something like that? Uh, only one, just whichever one pops in your head first, Stu. Only one? <laughs> I was like, uh... <laughs> you start, um, Jesse. Well, so my dad and I are okay. a lot different, obviously, as you can tell. Um I, like, I still consider him, even though I've worked there for the last 10 years and he's my boss um, and he's stubborn and I'm stubborn too in different manners. He is still one of my best friends. Um, I think that the hardest transition for me was realizing my dad's my boss and not just my dad. So I think probably the most funniest stories that I have is where we get a new hire even today, for example, we have a new hire that's starting this week. And my dad comes always across, he's very straight-faced, poker-faced, and we're here to sell and make money and da 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 Okay, yeah, we are, but we're also here to be a pleasant place to work at and somewhere where people want to stay with us for a long duration of time. So I was explaining to him today when he went upstairs to talk to the new hire, don't be weird is the first thing that I said to him. And he looks at me like I have four heads, but you present yourself in that manner. And then you wonder why people don't want to come to your door and ask you for help. And he thinks like, even just now, he's like, whatever. You know, it's funny, Jesse. I, I'm actually like the exact opposite. My mother-in-law is like the, the bleeding heart of our business, like goes in, gives everybody a shoulder to cry on. And I'm so hard and mean and don't care in the same way. <laughs> oh, don't give me degree of like what I actually care about versus what I don't care about. But my dad always says, oh, our staff is our, not our friends, they're our staff. Where, yes, I understand that, but I'm also going to, I'm also going to know their significant other's name and ask them how their weekend is because people like to be relatable and people want you to want to tell you about themselves. And if you don't give them that opportunity, they probably won't stay around a long time. That, that's fair, completely. Stu, any funny stories about Jesse over the years? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it, it is. I think that the brings a smile to my face because she's been working on me to be a lot more hospitable to staff, employees. And, and, but at the same time, I, my, our office manager has been with us forever. And she said to me, do you know why people stick around so long at Gibson's? And I said, no, why? I think it's sometimes they shouldn't. But anyway, she said, I said, no, why? And she said, because you give everybody a lot of respect. Respect to me is important. To be their friend? No. But I can give them a lot of respect. And I appreciate the people that work with us. And I appreciate the people that, that really know the technology. I have gone away from it a little bit and uh, and these guys some of the technology they can do i just i i tell them all the time wow that's cool but funny stuff funny haha uh just she gives me the gears about 
not being such a, she calls me <laughs> as warm and fuzzy as a cactus. Um, <laughs> is it true? Maybe. But at the same time, you know, I've taken a family business to a different level and we're still here. Other family businesses, like our biggest competition was Steve's TV. They went bankrupt. And I'm proud of the fact that we're still doing well. Something to be very proud of, for sure. Yeah. Yes, that is a notable accomplishment. And I can relate. We've been in business uh, 27 years ourselves. And we've seen many of the types of business that we're in come and go over the years. And I can certainly relate to the prickly bit as well. However, I do uh, do work on you know, acknowledging the people that are performing and, uh, and giving them the support that they need. So, Jesse, uh, with that, what do you see looking forward at the success of a third generation in a family business from an employer perspective? So from an employer perspective, um, I, I guess a lot of transitional things that we've been having uh, happen now is a lot of our tenured staff, especially during COVID, have either retired or not come back to work. So we've gone through a weird transitional period of time where we've we've either hired or fired a lot of new people um, as we are continuing to try to grow. So I think a lot of our future success as an employer is getting the right fit for Gibson. So employees that are passionate and not just selling products um, that are interested in our home automation side of business and continuing or wanting to expand upon our home builder side, um, our office building sides, all of that sort of technology and focus with our employees should go down that area versus you can go anywhere to buy a TV, right? So I want to make sure that we have the best possible staff that we ha can possibly have in our store, which we did not have for a very long time. And dad and I've seen that happen and people that were just year like waiting to retire. Yeah, you definitely have to have the right people, uh, you know, especially when you're working in such a niche territory. You need to have passionate and, and knowledgeable people on board for sure. Yeah. And I think also like with us as well, um, we've had to streamline and make a lot of changes as like administrative wise as well. So in the past, um, my family business was we're a family business. You come work for us. We'll treat you like family. Stay around forever. We'll be good to you as long as you're good to us. And unfortunately, we've had that not happen with staff that have either started sideline businesses or taken clientele from us or thought we owed them something or they were entitled to things. So moving forward, we've made sure all of our staff is on employment contracts. We have an HR team in place. We've made our benefit policy really enticing for our employees. Um, so we've done a lot of things that way to keep staff and also protect ourselves. Um, did each of you always know you wanted to work in a family business or was there something that led you there or a driving factor that kind of got you got you where you are now or was it just comfort at home and comfort at the workplace? I never wanted to be in the family business. I was out trying to be a musician. Um, uh, that wasn't working so well, but I got a job selling and I found out that uh, my mother used to say, I've got the gift of gab and I can build a relationship with somebody very quickly. And I was working where I was working and I said, you know, this is kind of fun. I, I enjoy the selling aspect. And um, so I went and asked my mom and dad for a job and they gave me a job, son of a gun. And, but I had to go back to school 
And I would work for mom and dad all day long, and then I would go back to school at night. Uh, I learned electronics, marketing, uh, accounting, which I still hate to this day, and other things that make a business grow. So I had to go. I spent a long time doing that. And as I did it, I went, wow, this is, this is a lot of fun. I, I love the business of business. I love the business of helping people. We always have a thing, a saying at Gibson's, we don't sell anything at Gibson's. We help people buy. People come into our store and they have a need and we help them fill that need. And that was the fun part to me. To sell, that's, that's the big box stores. And so did I know I wanted to be in, the, in this family business? Not a chance, but here I am a million years later and I own the family business. So that's kind of fun. So my background is no. <laughs> um, I grew up in my family business. If my if I wanted to make some extra money on a Saturday as a kid, my dad would let me come in and work. And I say work loosely with my uncle or my grandfather and build stands or go on service calls so I can make some money for basketball shoes or whatever sport I was playing that month. Um, I grew up, I went to hairdressing school. I was a hairstylist for a couple of years. Um, from there, I continued to work um, at Rogers and I worked my way up to, to management. I was there for about 10 years and I was training new hires and taking escalated calls. So I developed really good uh, customer service skills. Um, 10 years after escalated calls and training new hires, I was pretty much at my wits end and I didn't want to go back into hairdressing unless I had my own salon. Because Lance, as you know, that's the only way you make money usually in hair. Um, so I asked my dad if we could sit down and have a conversation because there was no other family members that were interested in carrying on my grandfather's legacy or my now my father's legacy. Um, if we could talk about the potential of me coming to work for him. And then that's 10 years ago. But you know, the cool part about that story, uh, here's, the, here's the really cool thing about that. Uh, like I said, I, uh, our family got done, did blow it up real good about our family business. And uh, when my uh, young brother was leaving our business and it was just me at that point, and Jesse came to me that night, I, I, went, I said to Jesse, I gotta tell you something. She said, what's that? I said, your uncle's no longer work for the family business, it's just me. And she says, what's gonna happen to the family business after you? And I said, gee, good question. I don't know. And that's when she said, I want to come and talk to you. That was kind of cool. Oh, that's a really nice story. That's probably one of our nicer stories, right, Dad? <laughs> yeah, no, but that, that's that. Jesse, you said it nice, but he said it much nicer. <laughs> a little Hallmark card movie. Uh, the problem, though, I mean, with a, with a daughter working for you, the, I don't know. I'm sure you guys find it, too, in family business. You expect more from your family than you do from the staff. And when you expect more, sometimes you get a little frustrated because you just expect them to have the same characteristics and traits for running a business that you do. And sometimes I say to myself, I wish I could clone myself. But then I realize that, you know what, she's got a better way of doing a lot of stuff than I do. And that's kind of scary at times. What? It's just a different way of doing things or a different way of thinking of doing things. And unfortunately, I don't have the 40 plus years of experience also behind me. So that will take time to develop those skills or fine tune those skills. But there's a learning time or learning curve for everybody. And sometimes 
mine might be a little bit longer in some areas that my father's isn't or a little bit shorter in areas that my father's is longer. So it's managing those sort of behaviors or skills between us. Hey, it's been 10 years. Come on, get on it. Will you? <laughs> I'm only 38 too. So you got to give me a little bit of a break. <laughs> um, how do you guys currently compete with e-commerce on electronics and what do you see what, what, what will you do moving forward? Or is that... Uh... I can answer that one because I do a lot of our social media marketing, um, that sort of side. Yeah. Um, we don't really compete in an e-commerce sort of aspect. Um, we, are fall, we are a small run family business. As my dad said, we don't sell things. We're not an add to cart business either. So if you want to add something to a mm -hmm. cart, you go to Amazon, you go to Best Buy, you can have it that way. Um, if you're coming to my store or our family store, you're coming there to shop and have an experience from the moment you walk in the store or the moment we offer you the free in-home in service or the free shop at home service, we're right with you all the way through. And if you ever need service, we're there to help you as well. Um, we, we operate in e-commerce is that we're on Google. We're obviously on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that sort of stuff. My cell phone's always with me. I'm very responsive to customers, um, whether that be on any of those aspects, but we're never going to be an add to cart business. So is it uh, the brick and mortar store is like Gibson's, uh, like the way of doing it? Like I always, I'm not going to buy an expensive TV on Amazon. That just wouldn't be what I do. I mean, I know people will, but, uh, mm -hmm. and that's what you're. Uh... And I appreciate you saying that, Graham, because you're around my age. <laughs> so um, that being said, though, yeah, we're never going to be the e-commerce. If you're doing some research online. The, the research is there. It's on all of our manufacturers' website. You can call us. You can speak with an expert. That's part of purchasing from Gibson's. If you need help, you can pick up the phone. You don't have a 1-800 number. We also, generally speaking, will answer you after hours or on weekends as well. Um, we pick up the phone. We go to your house. Those are the benefits of dealing with us and not clicking the add to cart. And we always try to highlight or sell that value-added sure. service that we do offer. You know what really opened my eyes was with this pandemic that happened. And we had so many people phoning Jesse. And well, I bought a TV at Walmart and I can't get this working on it. Can you tell me how to do it? And I said to Jesse, you know, if you downloaded a will off the internet, you phoned a lawyer's firm and you said, hey, I don't understand this paragraph. Can you explain it to me? You know, people want, sometimes people want something for nothing always. And we cannot, we love to help customers, but if you don't spend your money at Gibson's and you spend it on e-commerce and you bought it on Amazon and it got dropped off at your door, you're on your own, but you're not on your own when you're dealing with Gibson's. I always used to say a long, long time ago in my radio advertise, uh, advertisements, we don't tell you to phone 1-800, go fly a kite. We're actually here for you and we'll help you with all those wires and <laughs> remote controls. Well, that's the difference, isn't it, with a hands-on business uh, and a family business. And I am surprised that I'm not surprised at the same time that people that bought a TV, uh, you know, online or wherever uh, are calling you for support. I mean, to me, that's, uh, that's pretty out there. But, uh, you know, I'm not surprised that it happens. Yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll support you, but you're going to pay for a service call and it's going oh. to be a product that we do sell. Yeah. 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 And you tell people, we'll come and help you out. It's going to cost you a service call. What? You're going to charge me a service call? <laughs> and it's hard because sometimes 
as we talk about e-commerce and dancing that fine line, I never want to receive a bad Google review or a bad post on social media because that negatively impacts our business quite drastically as well. So you have to like dance that very fine line with a customer. Yes, we can help you, but yes, you'll need to pay for that. And these are the reasons why. And explain. I've explained to customers, you know, um, provided you would have bought that TV from us, I would have been glad to be able to talk to you for the next 10 to 15 minutes over the phone and potentially walk you through that problem. But since you haven't, I'll need to send someone out to your house. And sometimes when you explain that to people, they're not super thrilled about it, but it is what it is. Yes, it is what it is. And you are providing time and value and knowledge. And uh, that uh, needs to be paid for. And people do need to understand that. We run into the same same situations on many occasions. So with everybody at home over COVID, did you get a lot of calls? <laughs> oh, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that phone. Honestly, especially during, during COVID, um, I never shut the phones down and I was answering them six days a week. So Monday to Saturday from 8.30 till 5, the amount of calls that we received and people saying that they bought it at... I don't know, wherever you could buy it during stage one and stage two because you couldn't physically come into our store, right? So during stage one and stage two, unfortunately, a lot of our competitors that sold grocery items, that sold some of the similar items that we have, were able to have a customer come in, taste it, touch it, feel it, and we couldn't do that. AKA Costco. (laughs) So I was trying not to name drop, but places like that. And then they would call us and not know how to set up a TV and want me to spend 10, 15 minutes with them on the phone, plus a not answer other incoming calls because t- I was on my cell phone to help them when they're not even a customer of ours. I, I completely feel you. On Friday afternoons, we get a million calls to get a screw for a 1968 motorbike all the time. And <laughs> the, the response is always, uh, you know, Indian doesn't make it anymore. Can you guys have it made? And it's, 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 it's a headache sometimes, but uh, you try and do your best for sure. Yeah. Didn't come, mean to come across high and mighty on that, but. No, no, I, I completely understand. And I mean, the people listening to this are mostly business owners or people in family businesses. And we're the ones who take the escalated calls and all that stuff. We. I'm sure we all understand it for sure. We do understand it and we are family business owners and this is what we do. And with that, I would like to thank our guests, Stu and Jesse Gibson of Gibson Sound and Vision in Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. And I would also like to thank my co-host, Graham Taylor. Thank you everyone for joining us. The Center for Family Business is a community organization supporting, educating, and energizing family business in Waterloo Region, Ontario, Canada. If you would like to know more about the Center for Family Business, please visit cffb.ca and click the Join Now button on the top right side and information will be displayed for you. Please reach out if you have any questions and until next time, 